From the Department of Theater and Film at the University of Mississippi, this is Stage and Screen. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Stage and Screen. I'm your host, Katherine Stewart, and I am super excited to introduce you to today's guest, who is the playwright Anne-Marie Camarado. Anne-Marie is the author of Hazel, which we are producing in a world premiere opening February 25th and running through March 6th in Meek Auditorium. Anne-Marie was the inaugural recipient of our brand new Emerging Women's Playwriting Fellowship, and Hazel was developed largely during her month-long stay in Oxford in the summer of 2019. We talked about that and the play itself and many other things. It was a fantastic conversation, so stick around for Anne-Marie Camarado. Hi, good morning, Anne-Marie. Welcome. Thank you, Catherine. <laughs> How are you doing today? It's so good to see you. It's great to see you. I'm great. Excellent. Well, um, I really appreciate you taking the time. I'm looking forward to talking with you about this play. I've read it many times now, and I'm super excited that it's finally going to be produced. Um, so yeah, um, just to get us started, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your background and your work? Sure. Um, so I am a playwright, obviously, and um, I also am a professional director. Um, I work mostly in regional theater across America. Um, and then I'm also a teacher. I teach playwriting at the University of Pennsylvania. Um, I live just outside of Philadelphia um, and I've been working in professional theater for about 25 years. Um, so, and at one point in my career, I was an artistic director. Um, now I'm a teacher and a freelancer and, um, and a mom. Wonderful. So um, you came to Oxford in the summer of 2019 as the inaugural recipient of our Emerging Women's Playwriting Residency. We will definitely talk more about that later. But the play that came out of that is Hazel, which we are going to do a world premiere of here in a few weeks. Can you give us a summary of that play? I can try. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, the play takes place in the midst of what one could call a climate crisis. Um, originally, when I wrote it, and I can talk more about this later, I imagined that it would take place in the future, but as I worked on it for the past few years, I've come to realize that actually it's very much in the present. Um, but it takes place um, in, in an area that is um, becoming more and more vulnerable to climate. And um, in fact, the, it's, it's becoming flooded. And most of the residents of that community have left, but there's one family that has decided to stay. And um, the play really explores kind of how they deal with um, their own personal crises in the midst of a larger climate mm -hmm. crisis. And, um, you know, the dynamics of, of those who believe it's happening and those who don't believe it's happening, um, and also their own personal demons. Wow. Okay. I guess that's a good way to describe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so where did the inspiration for Hazel come from? Um, well, many years ago, like maybe five years ago, um, I read an article in the New York Times about an island that's not far from where I live called Tanger Island. It's in the middle of the Chesapeake Bay. And Tanger Island is sort of famous in this part of the world for um, for a couple of reasons. One, because all the residents of it are 
direct descendants of um, a very particular group of people from Wales. Mm -hmm. So they speak this with this really interesting dialect that almost sounds British. Um, but beyond that, it's a fisher, it's a fisherman um, island. Everybody who works there basically is supported by the industry of fishing and it is sinking. Um, it is sinking mm -hmm. into the Chesapeake Bay quickly so quickly that most of the people who live there have left. And this article in the New York Times was really about um, one, a couple of families who are sort of digging in and are in such denial about what's happening um, that they refuse to leave. And they mm. believe that somebody's gonna help them and fix the problem. And I just found it fascinating because they, you know, they were like being interviewed um, while standing in water up to their knees. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Saying like, this isn't happening. And, um, you know, at the time they believed that the president would fix it for them and, um, that everything was going to be okay. And so that really, um, got me thinking about denial and about, um, you know, the sort of state of the world and where we are and how people are dealing with it. And I was also, um, reading lots of articles like this about communities, on the Louisiana coast in Alaska that are kind of having to being forced to up and move as a community because of what the climate is doing to their to their homes and um i just kind of asked myself what that's doing to the psyche of people and to um our definition of home and stability and what's real and what's not and so it kind of just sparked that idea for me yeah, it's very interesting. Um, so can you, you mentioned the sort of the um, the family dynamics of, of this group of people who are living in this house that is persistently battered by weather. <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit more about the dynamics among those, those family members and those characters? Yeah, well, the play centers on the youngest daughter um, of this family. There's two daughters and the youngest daughter was a twin. She has a twin brother um, who we don't see in the play because he made the decision to leave quite a while ago. So the family is left with these two daughters and their mother and then their respective spouses. Um, and the youngest daughter, um, spoiler alert, <laughs> she discovers that she's pregnant. Um, and at the same time, th her mother is suffering from the throes of dementia and, or at least she thinks that's what's happening. And so it's really, for me, the dynamics were about exploring how each of them is dealing, each of these family members is dealing with a personal crisis in the midst of a larger crisis. And what that forces them to face is what they believe is real, what they believe is not real, um, how much they keep from each other, um, mm -hmm. what they do to prove their point, um, and, and also just how they're dealing with denial about their mother's illness, about the pregnancy, about each other, about what happened to their younger brother, um, all of that stuff kind of comes to play, um, and, and who's got power and who doesn't, um, mm. I think is also a big part of it. Yeah, it feels at many times like there's just sort of a giant question mark hanging over all of them. Yeah, I think they're all confused about what to do. And, and you know, there's so much uh, reflected in what's happening 
in our country, and I try not to write political plays, but you can't sort of help it these days. Um, mm -hmm. But I just think, you know, people are like digging into their points of view and they're um, ignoring facts and they're, you know, trying to gain power by any means necessary. And that's true kind of on both sides of things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true with the members of this family as well. Um, what kinds of research did you do uh, in, in the process of writing this play about weather or climate change or, or that particular island that was the inspiration or even families? Yeah, well, I, I felt like when I first started, I had to do all the research I could about like climate refugees and communities that were really being impacted enough that, you know, the government was paying them to leave where they lived, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of alluded to in, in this play that the government at one time made an offer to move people to resettle them. Um, so I did a lot of research about Tanger Island and about um, a couple other communities, like I mentioned, um, and then I started to think about um, how dementia affects families, mm. um, because I really wanted to sort of see, and I know from my own personal experience, what that feels like, but I wanted to sort of see um, how different people in, in one family can interpret what dementia looks and feels like. So that was something I spent some time looking at. I also um, did some research on um, the sort of ideas of what feels nostalgic and what feels like home to people and why people sort of cling to that. Um, that notion was really intriguing to me. I had to do research on weather, <laughs> and like how it affects buildings and people. Um, all, all those sorts of things. Um, I mean, I, I'm one of those writers who can spend a lot of time going down a research rabbit hole. So one thing would kind of lead to another would lead, lead to another. Mm -hmm. And I would read, you know, an article about this family in Louisiana that refused to leave their home. And then they would, somebody would be quoted saying something about nostalgia and holding on to their past. And I was like, oh, well, let's research what that feels like, you know? And, um, eventually I had to just sort of put a hold on it. <laughs> it's kind of getting in the way of writing, but it actually informed a lot of, I mean, a lot of what people say in this play and a lot of what people do in this play is rooted in fact, is mm -hmm. rooted in stuff that is happening, um, not only in the United States, but like worldwide. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the weather is in a lot of ways another character in this story, and it acts upon this house and this family in some dramatic ways at times. And I'm wondering, especially since you're also a director, when you were writing this, how, how did you envision the weather as a character and the weather events being, being put on stage? Um, well, I, yeah. <laughs> so one thing I always tell my students, um, as a writer who embraces theatricality, a lot, you know, as much as possible, um, is to just write the impossible. It's not your mm -hmm. problem. Someone else will fix it. <laughs> because I have a lot of students who are sort of afraid to write, you know, that a person flies, for example. And I'm like, Don't, if that person has to fly, they have to fly. That's not your job to figure out how that happens. So um, that said, I like to throw into my plays the impossible. Um, if it's needed. And I felt like for this play, it was 
um, we have to understand the constant battering of the weather mm -hmm. in this play. It's, it's a, it's a soundtrack to underneath what everybody's saying, but it's also, as you said, kind of another character and not in an abstract way, like in a very mm -hmm. literal way. Um, I also, I, I also, I tell the story a lot. I have, my husband is a technical director and a set designer. <laughs> and so um, his job is to kind of figure out those challenges. And I know when I spoke with him about it, I was like, I want to, you know, put a hurricane on stage basically. And he was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> that's a challenge for someone. And, I, you know, I mean, the truth of it is the play as a director, I can imagine the play being produced a number of ways. You can do it very literally and you can have uh, lots of rain and wind and sound and, and things, you know, getting hit by a hurricane or, um, you could do it somewhat abstractly. I think they both ways have an impact because I think they both mean something. But um, somebody had asked me recently if I imagined the weather as sort of an abstract idea, and I didn't. It's, it is actual weather that is actually happening. That's sort of the point of the play um, for me. But, but I do think that it does represent something larger at the same time. So. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, it needs to be there. Just how it's done is really, it's really not my problem. <laughs> um, and I, I, I'm excited to see how anybody would handle it. I, I don't know yeah. how to handle it. Like, you know, I, my husband read the latest draft and he, he said, you know, there's a couple ways that could be done. And he sort of talked me through them and I was like, great, any of those work. So yeah, not my problem. <laughs> I love it. I think it's going to be really interesting. I know the designers are excited. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, a fun yeah. challenge, right? <laughs> it's a fun challenge to have to create that kind of spectacle. And I also think that's important because I think a lot of times, I know this is true with my students, they come, they come to college and they, their experience with theater is musicals, which are big and theatrical and full of spectacle. And they go and they see a straight play and they're like it's boring it's just people sitting around talking to each other um which is important and is a reflection of the world around us but i also think there's room in plays for spectacle and we're kind of shooting ourselves as a as a as an art form if we don't take advantage of that so i always encourage my students to add a moment at least one moment of theatricality to their plays mm -hmm. And I think you could argue that that moment for this play runs throughout. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned um, your latest draft. I think when, when the residency was initially created, the idea was that there would be sort of an ongoing engagement with our students to get them involved in the creation of your play. How, how and that's probably very different from how it was first envisioned because of the um, ongoing pandemic, but how have students been involved in the writing of this play, if at all? They have been. Um, so when I first got to Oxford, um, I met with some students um, who were about, because I was there in the summertime of mm -hmm. 2019. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's all yeah. Um, and they were about to start in the fall in a dramaturgy class. Um, so they got a draft of the play. We talked a little bit about it in person. Then um, throughout that semester, they read another play of mine and this one, they did a mm -hmm. bunch of research for me. We met over Zoom, 
um, we talked about uh, some of the things that maybe didn't make sense for them. So like they gave me really helpful feedback and notes mm -hmm. about the play. Um, and then we, they did a ton, ton, ton of research for me. Uh, like I said, I get to a point with my research where I have to kind of stop because I could just do that forever. Um, so it was really helpful to have students kind of take that on. And they, I mean, I have like an entire folder on my computer just filled with articles and pictures and um, really beautiful stuff, rich, rich research that they did for me. Then um, I've been in touch continuously with Peter Wood, who's directing it there at Ole Miss, and he's been helpful in giving me feedback. And then he has um, brought, he brought one of those dramaturgy students on as a student dramaturg for the production. And right. She sent me some more questions, just some like probing dramaturgical questions that have been really helpful in guiding my thoughts as I've been rewriting. So while it hasn't been maybe as hands-on as we all would have liked, um, you know, I, we did, we've done it. We've done what we could <laughs> and, um, and it's been, you know, great to have extra eyes, extra thoughts, extra opinions, um, extra research. It's been great. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Again, I, I know that student involvement was an important component and I'm, I'm glad we were able to pull it off. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, under different circumstances. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, it's been, like I said, it's been so helpful and I'm so grateful because I mean, I work with students every day and I love the sort of fresh take they have on the work that I do. Um, it's, it's just so incredibly helpful. And so to be able to do what we could, despite the distance and the pandemic mm -hmm. and everything, um, yeah. it's been really great. Well, so um, since it's come up a couple of times, I wanna backtrack a little bit and talk about the residency that you did here. <laughs> so you were here for about a month, I think. Yes. What was that experience like? <laughs> it was great. Um, you know, it was quiet. And uh, it was, which I know just sounds sort of silly, but you have no idea how valuable that quiet is for me. Um, like I said, I have, you know, I'm a pretty busy person. I teach pretty much full time and I, um, I have to commute into the city to do it. And then I'm a mom of a kid who's applying to colleges and I have, you know, other projects that I'm working on. And so to find the solitude to sit down and just focus on one thing for any length of time. It's just mm -hmm. so rare. So the fact that I had like this little apartment all to myself, mm -hmm. um, that I could, I had just hours and hours of quiet time to think and reflect and write. And, um, and you know, it was, it was great. I also just loved being in a new location. There's something about being in a new place that makes you inspired and gets your creative juices moving and, to be in a town that, well, a college town, first of all, but also like a town with a rich literary history, mm -hmm. food, um, <laughs> you know, it was just, it was wonderful. I felt so welcomed. I don't think I've, I mean, that Southern hospitality is a thing, right? And that, that is no joke. Uh, it was so, I tell that to everybody. I'm like, you, it, it's the most hospitable place. <laughs> um in the whole world. And, and it's just like the perfect location to go and 
hole up in an apartment and write. And a lot happened for me for the play in those four weeks. I mean, you, I could, the play had been through one draft before I applied for the, for the, for the residency. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, that's, I had to submit it in order to, you know, to apply and the script changed significantly after the residency, like Mm -hmm. that it, it made a huge difference to kind of everything about the way the play operates. So a lot for me came out of it, um, you know, writing wise, but also just personally, it was, it was such a lovely experience. Wonderful. Well, and now it is coming full circle. Finally, we are going to, again, world premiere this play in just a few weeks, actually a lot sooner, I think, than people are ready for at this moment. It feels really, really soon. What is, um, what's the most exciting thing, I guess, about, about seeing everything come together? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I, the thing about writing plays is that it's a very solitary action. I mean, it's a, it's an art form where you sit in a room and you just write by yourself. And I am, I am a really collaborative artist. Mm-hmm. Um, so my favorite part of writing plays is like handing it over to other people and and being done with the solitude but to be in a room and of course i won't necessarily be in the room with everybody there but i'll be zooming in um and hearing the words aloud for the first time you know i mean i i have had readings of this play so i have heard it but i haven't heard it in its most recent form Mm -hmm. so to hear it aloud and to see um how it works is just like it's just thrilling it's it's why i do it and um I'm most excited about that, I think. Yeah. I'm excited too to see students um, explore it, make sense of it, um, you know, pour their imaginations into it. That's, I, again, that's like, a, I mean, that's the teacher in me, but I just love watching students interpret text. So I'm excited about that too. Well, we are so excited. <laughs> this is finally happening because we expected to be doing all of this last year. So, I know. I or, know. Two, or maybe two years ago. <laughs> it's hard. Time has become so. It has. <laughs> um, well, um, thank you so much, Anne-Marie. It's been wonderful thank visiting you. with you. I really, again, appreciate you taking the time and I hope that all of the stars will align and um, viruses will not align. <laughs> And that we will be able to see you in person for the premiere. Yes, I hope so too. I plan to be there as best I can. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. All All right, right. Catherine, it's so good to see you. I know, it's so good to see you too. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And uh, we'll talk again soon, I hope. Okay, thanks. All right. Bye. Once again, that was playwright and inaugural recipient of our department's Emerging Women's Playwriting Fellowship, Anne-Marie Camarado. Her new play, Hazel, opens in a world premiere February 25th and runs through March 6th in Meek Auditorium. Do check out the show notes for more information about Anne-Marie, the fellowship, the play, and how you can get tickets. Until next time, this is Stage and Screen. 